I'm with Eric Nelson. The Boundy Waters Traverse is the short film played at the Environmental Film Festival. It's really a film about saving the Boundary Waters. And then basically this is a film about, about a person running 100 miles to kind of like to, to, uh, to basically give notice to the saving and make some and try to get some donation money as well, I guess, right? Yeah, I, th I think, you know, raising awareness in I was, general. Yeah, I didn't say that properly. Raising awareness is the best term to say. I, I yeah, apologize yeah, 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 for yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, it, there's lots of ways to support it. Giving money is one of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the Boundary Waters are very famous as a uh, canoe recreation area. Everybody knows that it's a place where you go canoe, you portage your canoes, you go camping. This is uh, like if Alex... people uh, understanding. This is in Minnesota, right near Lake Superior. Like, give people a geographical uh, lesson on with where this is. Yep. So, in the state of Minnesota, in the very kind of northeast uh, section of the state, right along the border with Ontario, uh, it's called the Boundary Waters. It's basically this 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 huge sort of forested area that's sort of pocketed with lakes. A lot of the lakes are kind of interconnected, or if they're not, there's there's uh, we call them portages, these sort of short trails in between them where you can take your canoe over it. And so it's a famous sort of canoe recreation area where you can canoe very deep into the backcountry or just kind of stay on a, a lake close to an access. Um, it's a it's pretty famous in Minnesota. Um, it's a pretty uh, highly visited place, um, but it's also at risk because there's uh, proposed sulfide or copper mines nearby. So um, what what a lot of these groups are doing, what all these individuals are doing, is trying to raise awareness of the of the threat to these places and make sure they're protected. So there will be a link on the podcast. It's uh, it's savetheboundarywaters.org uh, website. You can donate and you can learn more more about it. Uh, what is the, uh, the, I'm just curious, like what's the political environment in Minnesota, like with, within this, with this issue, is there one, like what's, what's happening? Why? Cause it seems like a no brainer, like let's save this beautiful land, but I guess it's not that simple. I yeah. I think, um, I, I guess I would say it's, it's mixed. I think there in the past, there was a pretty, um, robust and and uh well-paying mining industry in northern minnesota mm -hmm. and a lot of that has gone away um either through automation or the mining has moved a lot to south america um i'm not the expert on this but th this is kind of my basic understanding of it and uh i think the hope in a lot of communities up there is that if a mine like this would reopen it would provide a lot of high-paying jobs similar yep. to what they had in the past so it's it's a, it's a um, job creator. They're worried about like that's sort of the political kind of uh, t talking point. This is going to create jobs. This is why we have to do it, I guess, right? Right. But you know, from what I hear, it's unlikely that it's going to be the sort of you know lots of people type mine that we may have been familiar with in the past. A lot of it's more automated, and also like. It, th there's almost a 100% certainty that it will pollute. Like, yeah, even if like said, that, that was the point. All pollute. Even if it created a hundred thousand dollar jobs, it's 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 a minor. It's not a it's a minor minor issue within a macro uh, point, right? Like this is you're destroying something, and you're destroying the environment to to create right. jobs where you can kind of figure out. Let's start, try to figure out what, where we can create jobs in a better, more conducive way. I guess, right? Right, right. 
Uh, yeah. And so it's like, you know, the jobs wouldn't be that great. They'd be limited. They'd probably be automated away, automated, automated away anyway. And then, uh, you know, the pollution is basically inevitable. Uh, it's kind of forever, right? Like once, yeah. once these things are ruined through that pollution, it's hard to go back. Um, and, you know, I think there's kind of a broader point in that outdoor recreation has become a huge part of the economy in some of these northern Minnesota communities. And to sort of embrace that, put an emphasis on that, work towards that, you can see sort of economic development of these communities, plus preserving this really, really unique wilderness at, at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the uh, the film itself. So you're so uh, you're following um, Alex Falconer. Great name. Uh, he's, yeah. he's he he ran a hundred and ten mile mile run through the wilderness or most of the wilderness in thirty eight hours in fifteen minutes, which is extraordinary. That's like I'm doing the math here. That's four marathons in in less than less than two days. Less than two days, I guess. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's uh it was remarkable. And I, I thought when we saw him at the end, he was going to look like I, he, I thought he was going to look like he needed to be, you know, wheeled into an ambulance or something like he was going to be on his last legs and he showed up. He was a little red in the face, but otherwise he looked like he'd been on, you know, a 25 minute run. So because he, he trains for this, like he trains for these ultra marathons, one would assume. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's just he does it for fun. These people are a little bit crazy, right? A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. It's safe to say, yeah, yeah. I'm from a from a family um, who did like marathon running and triathletes and stuff like that. They're crazy. So basically, so there's an obsessiveness involved in, in this kind of activity, I guess, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, you know, so I think he, <coughs> sorry, he um, he combined. So there's two existing trails that are out there, and it's not a super popular place for hiking of any kind. And he basically combined them into a new route. And, you know, as far as anyone knows, he was the first person to ever run it. Uh, so he, he has the current uh, fastest known time, the FKT. And so, But I also think he's kind of thrown down the gauntlet. Like, hey, if anybody wants to challenge that, like, have at it. Like, let's make this a thing. You know, it's not supposed to be a one and done. Yeah, and I'm sure people are. So, okay, so how did you get involved in following him in, following, in getting to know all these other kind of uh, runners? And, like, what, what was your involvement in it? So I, uh, I've worked a lot with the cinematographer, Kellen Witchin, very talented guy, very, uh, very strong outdoorsman too. Uh, he, uh, he had known, uh, uh, the nonprofit that Alex works for that was, that was sponsoring this run and putting this on. Um, and he brought me in to, to team up with him on filming this whole thing. And that's, and they put together the, the whole crew that we talked to it, it, Alex's support crew and everything like that. And, uh, and me and Kellen put together our filming support crew, and 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 we went at it. So, what was your what was your uh, situation? Because it was almost like uh, the allegory is that he he's got the map, and you're showing how he's gonna he knows where he's gonna go, and he's like kind of executing where where his run's gonna do. And the filmmaker kind of does the same thing, where you have a map. It's a documentary film, but you kind of know where what you're you're attempting to do. So, as a, as the director producer, did you kind of like map out a script? about what you wanted to capture and then what was your plan of attack to, for this film? Yeah. So it was, uh, it was, it was kind of tough because we, the place, the, the, the route that he was running is very, very deep backcountry. So unless we, you know, physically put our, 
gear on and ran with him the whole way. There's no way to actually follow him. So basically what we had to do is we had to find the points where he was going to be crossing either, you know, major trails or actual roads, kind of civilization where he would sort of dip in and out and we would have to meet up with him at those points. Right. But those points are also very limited. So it's kind of like he took off in the night. We saw him once in the morning. And then the next time we caught up with him, it was night again. And then it was raining. So it was a little bit tough. So we could only capture him in a few different spots. So every time he was coming, we were tracking him with GPS. We had to be ready, you know, put the drone up, get the camera rolling, like have the mics ready because we're only going to get a few minutes to kind of run with him. And maybe he'll take a water break and talk with him. And then he'd be gone again when we best got to like, get back on our big loop and try to figure out when the next time we could capture him. So it was, uh, so he was there were some lo- sort of, logistical challenges. You had like a, but you had a device where you kind of knew where he was all the time. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't very accurate though. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's also good yeah. for safety too, right? Like in case something happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there, there were some real risks with the run. Like if yeah. he, uh, if he, you know, couldn't go on, it, it would be hard to get to him at some point. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So then, so then what about the, the introducing to him and like the pre and like all the other runners at the beginning, like, where did you, where did you uh, fit that in? Yeah. So we did, we did a few different, like, you know, we did interviews and stuff with him kind of before the run. Uh, you know, like I said, we tried to do the stuff during and then after, and then we also had some time before the run with sort of his support crew where we talked to them as well. Uh, and we spent some time just kind of with Alex out in the boundary waters, uh, not for the run um you know with like canoes and stuff like that mm-hmm. just to kind of get some get some atmosphere get some b-roll get get kind of a feel for the place outside of the actual run itself because the story is about both the run and the place that that he yeah. and the nonprofit are working to protect he also got his family involved too right like it's an emotional kind of story right yeah yeah absolutely i think he, you know he considers them kind of part of the team on all the runs he does they're they're there for him the whole way and they're uh they're 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 really proud of him. And I think, you know, his favorite part is kind of seeing them at all the stops and, and having them be there at the end for him too. And his wife's there to support him. Oh yeah. How many kids does he have? Three? Ooh. He has three kids. He's got three. Yeah. Yeah. They're all Minnesota look that type. And they got that, that kind of, uh, what do you yeah. call it? Norwegian or kind of a uh, gene, I guess. Very right? Scandin- Scandinavian. Scandinavian yeah. gene, right? Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's really cool. Like, and so like, did you shoot that before or after he ran that footage? Uh, The stuff with his family. I I think both actually Um, both before and after. So this is pretty, he's pretty involved into saving this as well, I guess. Right. Like he, this is a, this is a big thing for him as well. It's his, it's his full-time job. Yeah. His full-time job. Yeah. So what is your experience like as a, as a documentarian? Like you have like what you live in Minnesota. Like, do you like, do you do this a lot or I'm just curious, like what's your full time? Yeah. Job? So, uh, filmmaking. So I, I, I live in Minnesota and I, uh, I've worked with, um, so originally I worked with this uh, outdoor publication called gear junkie. Um, and through them, I ended up working with a bunch of different outdoor brands, um, Yeti, Keen Shoes, uh, Solomon, some of those are some of the bigger ones. Um, and then from there, it just kind of snowballed and we ended up doing different uh, different types of outdoor talks. And that's how I met the cinematographer on this project. And that's how I got, got looped into this as well. So the, you, you mentioned your cinematographer a couple of times, like obviously very, very well shot and like beautifully photographed films. So that's Kellen. Kellen's your yep, cinematographer? Kellen Witchett. Kellen Witchett? Yep. 
So you guys work together a lot then, or? Yeah, we've worked together on a on a ton of projects over probably the last four or five years now. Um, another another similar one actually uh, that we did was with the Conservation Alliance. Um, they were working to protect something called roadless areas. It's kind of a, a sort of a unique technical distinction for these certain areas that are protected from development, mostly in the American West. Um, and so we did a we did another kind of run and gun documentary with some some outdoor luminaries out there, and that was kind of our our test run for this project. Kellen's a very very good cinematographer, and you know, like I said, he's also a guy who will like you know sleep outside without a tent. So sleep outside uh, without a tent. So he's he's tough. He's a man's man. He's yeah, he's he's from northern Minnesota. He's from. Uh, I was gonna say he's from Minnesota. That's what Minnesota is too, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. So exactly. like you guys are almost Canadian. There's almost there's a Canadian vibe in Minnesota. Like I, I'm that's that's a that's a that's a compliment I'm giving you right now. So it's like I've I've said that before. I I I know it's kind of sensitive. I think Canadians don't like being compared to Minnesotans, but I do feel like Minnesota might be the most Canadian of the American states. Like it's it's yeah. cold here. Hockey's very popular here. Yeah, we're sort of famous for being kind of polite and nice to people. I was like, I think my, and I think Alberta might be the most American of Canadian provinces. Alberta is 100% the most American province. It's very conservative, a uh, little, like, very conservative. Uh, in terms of Canadian standpoints, they care about uh, oil. Kind of wild there, <laughs> it seems. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm good. I'm glad I can get some uh some Canadian uh, positive feedback on that. Theory. You nailed that one. That that was pretty good. So yeah, and, and also too, people don't people forget that that Minnesota is very is more more northern than than Toronto, more northern mm -hmm. than Vancouver. I think it's it's like the certain parts are more northern than Montreal. So the majority of the population yeah. in Canada is actually south of Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. So yeah, my, uh, my grandparents used to used to winter in Texas with a lot of Canadians, and they would always talk about how their Canadian friends lived south of them. But which so is, is fact. But football would be your number one sport. Then hockey would be second, though. Yeah, it's <clears throat> yeah, probably um, or maybe. Yeah, I mean that's hard to say. I mean, hockey might still be like our third or fourth most popular sport, okay. but hockey is more popular here. I think. Than probably any other state. Than any other state, um, yeah. especially like like high school league hockey is huge. Yeah, well, the, like if you look at your uh, your famous uh, uh, was that Lake Placid uh, nineteen eighty win, I think like two thirds of the team was from Minnesota, right? So, oh, the Miracle on Ice. Yeah, the Miracle on Ice. Like like it was it was basically oh, yeah. Team oh, Minnesota yeah. beat the Russians, right? Yep. <laughs> that... and the coach was from Minnesota too, wasn't he? If I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. there you go. So okay, so tell me, okay, so you're obviously you work with this cinematographer. Like, what is your what is your kind of communication relationship with them? Like, how do you guys kind of like work together? And what make, it seems like you guys work a lot. So, what makes your relationship yeah. work so well? Um, you know, I think especially with this documentary stuff, it's kind of my my theory has always been you can you can have lots of plans, but like as soon as you get out there things are going to be different than what you expected. And so you got to kind of just roll with the punches. And, you know, even if you had a vision for something good, like something better is probably going to present itself. So 
my feeling always, is always like be willing to drop whatever we were planning on and grab whatever's there if it's if it's better. And so I think when I work with Kellen, it's very we're very run and gun. We're very kind of not not overthinking it, I guess. It's just sort of like we just sort of act, 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 and then so we kind of figure it out in the editing room afterwards. Um, I think, you know, he and I just have a very good, uh, I don't know, just a very good rapport. I think we don't really, nothing ever gets lost in translation between us. We always just have a good second hand and we can sort of make decisions quick. And, you know, sometimes he's thinking something and I'm like, yeah, that I, I love that. I think something he's like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, you know? So it's, we're kind of on the same vibe like that and can move fast. So. And you guys really well. like, what is your, are you guys keep work, like still working? Are you working on a project right now? Um, Not at the moment, unfortunately. No, I wish we were. So what is your goal? Do you want to like do like a, a feature, like a feature documentary? Like, is that your, kind of your, what you're striving towards or you've done it already or? I haven't done a feature yet. I, th I think someday I'd love to. Um, I'm still looking for that story. You know, I think you got to find the story that, that, that demands that sort of length of time, you know, I've had, a, I've looked at a few different stories and we started working on a few different things. And in the end, I've always felt, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to stretch a thing out to 90 minutes, if it doesn't need to be, you know, we're kind of, uh, we're working on a story right now about a, a marijuana smuggler from Minnesota, who was a kind of this uh, off the books pilot who uh, disappeared in the 1970s and nobody knows what happened to him. And we were originally planning on making that a feature and the more we got into it, it was just kind of like, you know, if this is a, you know, a five to 10 minute sort of thing, eight to 12, something like that, like we can make this really crack and this would be really fun. If we stretch it out to 90 minutes, it's going to be kind of dull. So, you know, I'm not too, too wedded to any sort of length or format. I, I just, I kind of just like telling stories and, and uh, figuring out what format works best for them. Gotcha. You're serving the story, I guess, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I I'd rather make something really fun that's five minutes instead of something really boring that's 90 just to say I made a feature. So what did you think about the audience? Uh, we sent you the audience feedback video. What did you think about what the audience had to say about this particular project? You know, it's uh, it's it's always kind of uh, kind of surreal because you you sort of. I don't know. You you make this kind of stuff in your head sometimes. Like you you think about it a lot, and you're you're sitting in a room, editing it. We had a, we had a great post production team on this. I should also mention I'm one of the founders of a production company called Current Resident. Uh, Current Resident. Um, they're really great. They're where <laughs> I do all my directing work. Um, but just to sort of to to make something. Yeah, it could it sometimes feel like a really small project. And then when you see it out in the world and you see feedback like that, it's, uh, I don't know, it's just cool. It's, it's energizing and it's exciting. And it's like, it feels like, I don't know, kind of just makes it feel worthwhile, you know, that you're connected with people. Yeah. And they got your film too, right? And it's like, it, it's, I guess, it, it, what did, what did, uh, the, what is the Falconer, what did, what did he think of the film? Where Alex would have been think of your film. Yeah, I think he loved it. Um, I think he, I think he was pumped. You know, it's it's. I think it's probably always hard to see something made about yourself that uh, that you know. I don't know. It's like when people take a picture of you, you're like, oh, I hope it's a hope it's a good angle. Uh, but I think he, I think he really loved it. 
he didn't he didn't have a lot of notes you know we we showed him we showed him some edits um and uh you know i you know i think for him he's also he doesn't really do it because he wants a lot of glory for himself you know like yeah. he, for him it's it's a mission you know you know protecting the underwaters is a mission and this is kind of i think how he figured he has a you know a unique interest a unique set of talents and he could apply that towards this place that he loves and so to him i think he looked at it and he's like hey this this serves you know this serves the boundary waters and so it worked for me and so yeah i think he loved it yeah he should it's a pretty it's a pretty and you guys did the, the all the aerial footage all that's no stock footage that's all your that's all your footage yep that's all us like that's so profound i'm sure you got more that didn't even make the the cut that's like that's like that's the people want that footage the way you just talk like you know what i mean like that's that's the that's the amazing things that you guys captured yeah we had a drone pilot named jordan gomez he's amazing he's from minneapolis yeah like a lot, a lot of talented people in minneapolis like you know what i'm saying right like that's like yeah. like uh, like you can put that into like you know like a, a site and like whatever a like people, and people yeah. would, love, would love this footage you know what i mean they pay thousands for it Mm-hmm. So you're already aware of this, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like, congratulations! It's a, it's a great, it's a great film. It's a great project. It's like, and you're you're so right. Like, it's like, it's 12 minutes exactly your film, and it's like, it's a, it's like there's there isn't a wasted second. It's like everything is there for a reason. You could have really stretched this out a little bit, but it's like it's it's a perfectly done 12 minute film. So what you're alluding to in the past, it's like. You know how to edit too, right? That's the one thing. It's like you've got this great film, but you really pieced it together in a nice little cohesive story. Thank you. I appreciate that. We had a we had a great team. Um in like in terms of the story, like we had a we had a really great post-production team on it. So um, you know, it's not all me. I was kind of just there for some of it. So <laughs> the, kind of the team did an amazing guess, job. Right? All right. Well, congratulations. Uh, let's talk again when you uh, when you make your next film. Uh, I'm sure it's that that, they, that it's going to be animated too. I heard where your uh, your next documentary about the about the the, the smuggler, drug smuggler. Right. Yep, yep. It's animated. Been working on it all this week. So yeah, I'm pretty excited. So you're working on something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, well, I hope to see that one day, and we'll tell, and basically we'll talk again when you make your that film, and then when you make your next feature, because I think you got some really some of two or three really great feature documentaries in front of you. So I guess like you said, it's all about finding the story. I guess right. Exactly. All right, and thank you so much for your time. Hey, I appreciate you doing this. This was fun. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Shlemiel, Shlemazel, Hasenbeck, Incorporated.